Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello. And welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. Well, we certainly live in interesting stock market times. Recently, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, also known as the Dow, a measure or indicator of stock market prices, fell by almost 1,000 points during a recent trading day. At the end of that day, it closed down more than 600 points. So it came back to a degree. Some call that kind of day a sell-off. Others refer to it as a crash. But the bottom line is that it was a substantial decline and is cause for concern. We will try to make sense out of what happened so we can review our financial strategies. The groundwork for the sell-off was laid by a Chinese company called Evergrande Group, although many people in the United States never heard of this company before last week. Evergrande is a huge and heavily indebted property developer with interest in healthcare, electric vehicles, sports, media, finance, and others. It is a conglomerate and had $110 billion in sales last year. It controls $355 billion worth of assets and has more than 200,000 employees. And it uses more than 3.8 million contract workers. At one point, it had more than 1,300 developments in progress. Most important to our discussion, Evergrande has $300 billion of debt. That is a lot of debt and failure to pay it off could have significant ramifications. Clearly, this company has a huge impact on the Chinese economy. In size, Evergrande was cash poor. In August, it predicted that it would incur a rare financial loss for the first half of 2021, a loss of about $618 million in U.S. dollars. Its first loss since 2009 the year went public. The loss, along with fears that Evergrande would be unable to make payments due on its debt, scared the market. This led to the sell-off that included major markets in Asia, Europe, and of course, the United States. Evergrande's liquidity crisis, its perceived inability to pay its bills, led to contagion concerns. Financial contagion refers to the spread of a problem through other countries and throughout the world. And that is cause for concern. Some analysts compared this situation to the origins of the financial crisis of 2008, which began in the United States and spread throughout the world. In 2008, a large dominant global financial services firm, Lehman Brothers, was allowed to fail. It was not bailed out by the United States. 
as other companies were, and it was not bailed out, even though it was the fourth largest U.S. investment bank and had 25,000 employees. It was an old, well-regarded firm. Evergrande is a younger but significantly larger company in terms of number of employees, revenue, and the many metrics we already mentioned. There is, however, a major difference. Lehman's assets were financial assets and included many risky ones, such as derivatives. Included in Evergrande's assets are real property, including land, buildings, and apartments. During cash crunch times, Evergrande actually used property to pay off its bills. It gave some of its property to those it owed money to. This is a major difference. Another major difference is China, which operates under rules that are significantly different than U.S. rules. Land there is controlled by local governments who are unlikely to allow land prices and building prices to crash. They may fall. They're unlikely to allow them to crash. And they have the ability to control prices. Something very interesting is happening in China. The Chinese government is cracking down on over-leveraged companies, that is, those that have significant debt. By the way, this is not necessarily a bad financial action. The question is, how far does China go? And what do they resort to in an attempt to lower corporate debt? China is also considering social changes, and it may impose additional corporate regulation to help achieve those changes. Once again, the question is, how far does China go? How far do these changes go? And what will they cost? China may become an even more difficult country in which to do business. We need to remember this for the future as we consider investing. So now here we are, several days after the sell-off. Markets seem to have stabilized. It does not appear that Evergrande will be the next Lehman Brothers. Evergrande has made agreements with bondholders and is not expected to default on its day, at least not at this time. Since the sell-off, the Dow has greatly rebounded on a number of days. It has several significantly higher days. Why does the Evergrande situation matter? It illustrates how risks and threats to the market can appear without a loud warning. The market has been volatile for quite some time due to lofty or high stock prices, as evidenced by the number of record high closings this year, along with a variety of economic threats, including COVID variants, inflation, and geopolitical issues. We can now add to the list of risks that could cause a severe market decline. The United States is nearing its borrowing limit, known as the debt seal. This can be resolved, but requires the House of Representatives and the Senate reaching an agreement to extend the borrowing limit, and it requires that this president approves it. Failure to reach an agreement could cause the United States to default on its debt, something that has never happened. This, at least temporarily, would devastate the market. I don't think that will happen. It is on the horizon as a potential problem. 
there are a number of metrics, including consumer sentiment, investor sentiment, and durable goods spending that are all negative. Consumer sentiment reflects consumers' willingness to spend money. That impacts the economy. Investor sentiment reflects investor willingness to invest, and that impacts the stock market. And durable goods sentiment reflects the willingness of consumers to buy goods that do not wear out quickly. And that affects the economy, and all of these eventually impact the stock market. So each of these can impact stock prices negatively. Let's add to the mix the fact that investment analysts from Citibank, Bank of America, and a few others have a negative market outlook. So is there anything positive about the market? Yes, the Evergrande situation seems to have eased. It does not appear that it will impact the United States. Now, problems could still arise, but the market in the United States appears to be ready to focus on other factors, the biggest of which is the Federal Reserve. We will get to that in a moment. First, J.P. Morgan analysts called the Evergrande sell-off an opportunity to buy. So far, the market seems to agree, as evidenced by recent rising prices, and let me say recent substantially rising prices. A number of companies have rising earnings, and a number of companies have plans to buy back their own stock. This includes Microsoft and Lowe's. The significance of buybacks is that they reflect the company's optimism that its stock price will rise. In effect, they have insider information. We have maintained for some time that the factor that influences stock prices the most will be the Federal Reserve. Markets have been known to move positively and negatively based on Federal Reserve guidance. At its recent meeting, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee indicated that it may begin tapering in November the Fed can add money to the economy by purchasing Treasury and other bonds on the open market. This, when the Fed buys those bonds, it places money in the hands of bond sellers who can invest that money or spend it. And that has a positive impact on the market. The market has reacted favorably to this form of stimulus. Now let's get, get back to the term tapering. The Fed calls a gradual reduction in bond buying tapering. In other words, the Fed, when they said they will begin tapering, they will begin to reduce the amount and number of bonds that they buy on the market. The committee indicated it is not ready to begin tapering yet, but it may sometime in November. The Fed has also indicated that tapering will be gradual. The market liked that this withdrawal of stimulus will be gradual. It will allow the Fed to see how the market performs with less stimulus in it, with less cash provided by the Fed. This is positive for the market as the Fed will continue, likely into next year, putting more cash into the economy. The Fed also indicated that it will not likely raise interest rates until late 2022. Fed's actions should be positive for the market. 
the market has reacted very well to this information. So how should we react as investors to all of this? My answer is to go back to the basics of financial planning, remembering that the market is volatile, subject to wide swings. Remember that the market is at high levels. So I suggest before making new investments in stock, begin, if you have not already, your emergency fund by opening a bank account and putting money into it. Use this money only for emergencies. Consider adding to it if you already have them. This will provide you with money to use in the event of an emergency. This can be one of your most important financial actions, especially when the market is so volatile and so high. Pay your credit card bills on time so as not to incur interest charges. After that, consider stock investments. Remember volatility, and I, and I stress volatility. It refers to wide swings, both up and down in stock prices. As JP Morgan said, the declines can lead to buying opportunities. I would be careful about buying stock in today's market, but I would consider doing it. I would look for innovative companies that fill an important need and have rising earnings. This minimizes risk. Some newer innovative companies incur losses as the natural progression of being new and innovative. For that, that type of company, look for the innovation and look for declining losses and increasing revenue. Those are positive metrics. The market is still, in my opinion, a good investment, but I emphasize caution and care in stock selection. We will continue to monitor the Federal Reserve's actions as they seem to have the greatest impact on the market. We will also keep searching for the innovators that are worthy investments, and we will let you know the results of our research. In a future show, we will review companies that look like sound investments during these interesting times. Until then, stay calm, thoughtful, and purposeful. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net. Thank you.